Welcome to the Lab Rats Podcast. You are now entering the maze. Dude, what happened to your finger? Dude, it's nasty. It's like so the it's like black. the black part is dried blood, and then like these yellow <laughs> yellow dots just showed up. I don't know what those are. It looks like Dumbledore after <laughs> destroying the Horcrux. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> um, I was what water happened? skiing. I was trying to get, get up on a single ski to slalom. And my somehow the rope I was holding, my hands got pulled forward. And then the finger got stuck between the rope and the ski. And the, the boat was obviously pulling the rope. And it just ripped my hand through. And it was like it was like these three fingers that got ripped through, and like I literally couldn't move my hand for like legit like three hours. My hand hurt. Yeah, did that hurt? It, yeah, so I wanted bad. to cry. <laughs> but this is the one that oh. ended up damaged, and it was just like it, it started with the blood, and then like maybe a week later, these like yellow dots showed up. I don't know what the heck they are. I wonder your nails probably. Dying. I thought it was gonna fall off, but it, it's that was uh, I four either three or four weeks ago it happened and the nail still i think it's alive wow yeah i mean those things can take like I mean, months it, to grow yeah. back so hopefully it doesn't well, like fall it's off. weird because it's like the the it's still there's no spacing between the blood and the cuticle still it's like still grown like it's grown but there's still like it's i don't know how to explain it what why did you have permanent the nerve i, I might It'll be black for the rest. I mean, the, of the nail way. hurts to the touch, but it's like that's like the fingers. It's not infected. I mean, it's probably infected, but like I can. My finger doesn't hurt at all. It's just like when I press the nail hard, and then it's like it's a little painful. I don't know. Wow, that's brutal. Does it affect your workouts? No, no, I can hold the barbell just fine. It hurt it for a few days, but no, not anymore. Okay, that's good. You get a workout in today. Um, last night was pretty cardio. It was just a grind. It was cardio intensive. It was like a 32, 15 minute AMRAPs with a bunch of different things in there. So today it was just a light, not light, but it was more strength based stuff. I usually don't do just strict strength stuff for, for a whole day, but that's took it easy today. Just did some snatch work and some ring dips, kind of like a going back and forth with those okay. so that's nice yeah I, I you know you know me i've been doing a lot of body weight stuff just yeah. little like 10 minute wads just rotating through body weight exercises pull-ups push-ups squats uh you try abs. try those with bfr bands uh, i need to get some i'm gonna order some on a- amazon yeah heard, i really want to try them out i've heard good things it's like whenever i travel back home it just like i mean there's nothing to do there in terms of exercise equipment i have my whole gym in my garage so like it's nice to be able to do something when i'm there especially for like a whole weekend so the bfr bands are a perfect way to do that yeah i'm looking forward to using them we'll we'll do an episode on that someday yeah. but uh for now give me a rundown on digital minimalism i've heard a lot about it you know minimalism is a trendy topic these days you hear about people you know, selling their home and living in a refrigerator box or something. So what is digital minimalism? Yeah. So this is a, an idea from a new book that came out, I think earlier this year by Cal Newport and it's called digital minimalism. Phenomenal book. I read it 
uh, about two months ago, I want to say at this point. And it's essentially minimalism, but in the digital realm. So um, it's using technology solely as a tool rather than for essentially entertainment. It's using as it, is an, as it was intended to be used and basically for the purpose of adding value to your life rather than just as entertainment. Um, and the idea is to really just like redefine our relationship with technology because we've developed such a poor relationship with technology, just with all of the social media, all of the entertainment that it provides. It's just kind of starting with a new slate and redefining our relationship with it. I think we all have issues with addiction to our technology and you don't realize that until you start this digital minimalism. So our technology is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So I think figuring out how to change our relationship with technology is, is what we have to do. And that's what digital minimalism does. Yeah, I think we, we need that more than ever now. Now that technology is such an integral part of our lives and it's only gonna that's only gonna increase, mm-hmm. finding a way to manage our relationship with that technology, I think is important. Yes. Especially if, you know, AI is gonna take over someday. <laughs> Better learn to be friends. It's gonna with it. it's gonna happen. So what does the research say on this? I think in recent years they've done more research, especially with adolescents mm-hmm. on the use of technology. So what does the research say on on this? Yeah, so our usage of it has obviously increased since um, inception of basically the iPhone, of everyone having a phone, uh, smartphones, it just being a common thing. Our, our use of technology has increased significantly. So the current statistic on mobile devices specifically which is where we spend most of our time is on the mobile device other than outside of like work where we're on our computers. But the average person spends three to five hours on their mobile device per day. This isn't iPad. This is not computer. This isn't Apple TV, Netflix. This is just your mobile device, three to five That's hours. Insane. So that doesn't include, you know, work on your computer right. or, you know, reading on your iPad. It's, this is just messing around in your phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, pretty frightening. And I'm a victim of to it as well because my usage so i'll share with you my usage before and after doing um following this digital minimalism so before let me pull up so apple's products you can now track your usage which is i'm glad they're adding that um feature it's also very scary so my Mm -hmm. i fall on the upper end of this unfortunately actually so my my statistic here it includes phone and ipad so i did include ipad in the statistic for me this this three to five hours as the national average is for mobile only for me mobile and ipad which i don't use my ipad super often but my daily average use is four hours and 45 minutes so i'm going to assume I would assume I, I'm at four hours if I exclude iPad. Okay. And uh, it's just the reason we're using these more now than ever is one mainly is, is social media and the way these apps are designed. The people who design these apps are, are geniuses at stealing our attention. And that's how they're designed to do. I mean, that our our time is their profit. And they're doing, making every small little change in their apps and the way it's designed and the way you interact with it. Every little detail is on purpose and it's to get our attention to spend on that app as much as possible. Yeah, I read that when the Facebook app first came out, 
<clears throat> the notification icon was gray or blue mm-hmm. and they intentionally changed it to red because it got more like interaction that yeah. way it was more of a oh i need to check this this red little dot yes yep and the instagram actually just i just started noticing this about i don't know maybe a month ago so before you used to open up the instagram app you'd see a, an old post and then it'd load the new post and it'd automatically jump up to the new post now yeah. it doesn't automatically jump up. There'll be a little icon that says new post and you have to hit the the word new post before it jumps oh, yeah. up. Did you notice that? Yeah. So that's that has not always been there. That started that's very recent, maybe a month ago. And you when you open the Instagram app now and you see new posts, you get something triggers in your brain and you, you get excited because you, you get yeah, to you hit a button push that and button. then you get to see all this new content. And that, they designed that specifically on purpose to to get you excited to see new content, and it works. And it's just scary wow. how how much detail goes into this, and how easily it is to steal our attention. Yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. And also, um, so that's mainly social media. Social media is one of the reasons our mobile usage is so high. Another is. I guess this isn't geared towards mobile usage specifically, but just how we use all of our apps. So email, um, ping, um, like Skype ping and all of that. So these were apps that were intent and originally intended to be designed to increase efficiency. So I can email somebody halfway across the globe and that's going to be more efficient than either calling them because of the time change or sending them real mail. So we create email, same with pings, but the way we use it, has changed significantly. So before we would use email to, um, like I said, send maybe something that across the globe or maybe someone in the organization who isn't there now and you send a message to them and they get back to you when they're ready. Now, every little thing we do is through email and ping. There's very much, much less physical communication. And I mean, just this is prevalent to me working uh, i've worked at two different companies the first one we use ping excessively so i mean literally literally the person next to you you would ping them and it was just a common thing in in that environment to do rather than because you're working in an open space an open environment so it seemed appropriate to ping rather than have a face-to-face conversation literally somebody two feet from you it seemed absolutely ridiculous to me but that's what we did Mm mm-hmm and where I'm working, it was at, yeah, I mean, that was at work when we were working. Yeah, EY, four yeah, yeah, I experienced the same thing. Yeah. I mean, people would be next to you, across from you, you'd be all be sitting at the same table. You'd be, it wouldn't even be something private. It would be like, where are we going to lunch today? Yeah, yes, exactly. You could talk about that. No, let's all just ping, even though we're literally staring across the table from each other. It was ridiculous. And I, I don't understand it. But that's, I mean, that's just one example of an app that, it was intentionally um, designed to be to create efficiencies, but it's doing the exact opposite. Just, just how we're with how we're using it. Same with email. I mean, I get, I mean, like eight emails a day. Like I get yeah. so many. <laughs> no, I get like yeah. legit 30, 35 emails a day, which is probably for some people on the lower end. And half of them, it's like I look at and I delete because they're unimportant. And the other half are things that could have been resolved much quicker with a face-to-face conversation. So mm-hmm. 
just the way we're using it is not good and we need to redefine that relationship and it has gone into affecting our mental health oh yeah i mean the mental health statistics are very sad um in the past two decades specifically and it it's no mystery that that relates to the increase in smartphones and the increase in social media yeah i think you get a lot of younger kids too where they're their brain is still developing. They're still trying to understand their emotions, but even adults get sucked into it. But I think kids are getting exposed to social media and, and technology earlier. And that definitely affects mental health. Yes. When, I mean, that's where your friendships and that's where your popularity resides is in that those apps. Yeah, I mean, like for us, I mean, we were kind of, raised before this boom took off we were right on the onset of it so like um our childhood was outside playing with friends playing um running around playing kickball playing the trampoline going to the pool that was our childhood and that's not what it is anymore that's not what kids see their childhood as it's it's video games it's netflix it's um social media uh, it's not personal interactions it's not building personal relationships anymore yeah, I, I was outside the other day and I saw these like two kids. They're probably, I don't know, nine or ten. It was like a you know, nice summer night, both walking on the sidewalk, just both on their phones. <laughs> and you, you see that everywhere in restaurants specifically. Go go to a restaurant, look around. I guarantee over seventy five percent of the people are gonna be on their phones. I've seen le- legit sad. seen couples who are they're they're it's just two of them across the table, both on their phone. The entire meal. It's like, why did you? What are you doing? Why did you come yeah, here? Yeah, why are you here? And, and then kids too. And I know a lot of that is probably a way for parents to just shut their kids up. But it's like you're at a family dinner. Yeah. Like when we would go out as a family, we'd be talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. If we were distracted, it was we were like drawing on a placemat <laughs> or coloring or something. But now it's just phones. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that is the biggest link to the massive increase in depression and anxiety. And we hear those terms so often now. And it's, that is the, I mean, in my belief, the cause of it, the main cause, the main driver, just our relationship with technology, specifically social media, but all things technology related. The CDC published this study in I think it was the end of 2018, and this is just on the the U.S. specifically. So, <clears throat> just some astounding numbers. So, from 1999 through 2017, um, the suicide rate increased 33, percent and that's essentially the time period of the smartphone. I mean, it, it was introduced in the early 2000s, but in that period 1999 to 2007 33% increase which is just wild wow yeah i mean think of think of if there was a 33% increase in um like people dying from uh, a medic a medication mm-hmm. or car accidents which honestly it's probably increased with with the use of smartphones as right. well but if there was a, any like spike like that related to anything else i mean we'd be looking into it yeah Yes. I mean, it's something to take serious. Maybe it was the same study you're referring to, but there's this psychologist that was looking at these correlations and 
she found that the activities that were significantly positively correlated with depression and suicide were the use of electronic devices, watching TV, mm-hmm. and then activities that had an inverse relationship with depression and anxiety, suicide, sports, yeah, reading books, in-person social interactions, attending religious services, doing homework. Even. And it's crazy that we even have to do studies on this. Like, it's just common sense, you know? Yeah. That these are correlated. But I mean, we're doing these studies, we're seeing these findings, and we're kind of surprised by them sometimes. But it's like, it, it makes sense. When you're on your phone, you're looking at a phone, you're not communicating, you're not interacting with anybody else. You're in your own little world. Like, you're going to be depressed. Yeah, it's it's isolating. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's just, it's isolating because you're, you're disconnected. You think that you're more connected. And in a way, digitally, we're more connected than we've ever been before. Mm-hmm. But... I think that leads to people being like more alone than they. Yeah, been. exactly. Like Facebook, it. Everybody argues Facebook was. I mean, this is still a common argument that it's a, such a great thing because you can interact with people across the globe. And it's like, yeah, maybe you're talking to someone across the globe, but you're completely neglecting the relationship two feet in front of you. You know, right? It's not right. It's not worth it. <laughs> like it's. No, there's a huge trade-off that I mm-hmm. think uh, we're starting to realize. So in this in this same study where suicide increased thirty percent, they they dug into it and broke it off broke it out by male and female. So for men, there was from nineteen ninety nine they broke it down to a, a specific time period from ninety nine to two thousand six. There was not much change in ma- male suicide, but then from two thousand six to two thousand seventeen. That period, there was a 2% increase each year on average. Wow. And then for female, from 99 to 2007, there's a 2% increase per year. But then from 2007 to 2017, that jumped up to 3% each year. And Mm. what's astonishing is that what happened in 2007? What were the big, from a technology perspective, do you you know? that was the iPhone, right? iPhone and Facebook Mobile were both introduced mm. in 2007. And I mean, these numbers, that's ex- exactly when these rates are increasing. And I i don't think that's a coincidence. I think that is uh, uh, the cause of much of this, um, much of the depression and anxiety and suicide is our, our attachment to these phones and the the lack of personal relationships that we have or don't have because of them. Yeah, it's it's really sad. It's taken us time to see, I think, the damage. And again, all technology isn't bad, but it's just changing our relationship. And I exactly. think we're getting to the point where people are, are really seeing because the evidence is pretty clear that mm-hmm. this, something's got to shift. Yeah. Yeah, you see these phone manufacturers. I don't know if you. I don't know what the names of them are, but there are a few different phones coming out where they're essentially minimalist phones. All they can do is like call or and I think send text messages, and it's like they're like three hundred dollar phones, and they're on like Kickstarter right now. Some of them are out, but like wow, it's this draw to these simplistic phones. Back, it's like full circle where it was like it was a simple phone. Now we're at these crazy folding phones. And then it's a computer back. in your hands. Yeah. And now, yeah, now going back, well, which is good. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to that people are seeing the need to go back to that. But I think rather than going back to that, what we need to do is, is learn to use 
what we have in front of us, learn to appropriately use the technologies that are in front of us rather than avoiding it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to look at it. Yeah. So uh, I want to go into kind of uh, the rats here and kind of our personal experience with trying this um, digital minimalism. And um, yeah, you did this, you did this declutter experience. Yeah. Right? So, so the book goes through um it, it talks about what kind of what is digital minimalism, why we need and it, is this, all this. Good. This is the book by Cal Newport. Newport, yeah. no relation to Bobby Newport. <laughs> no, not, not at all. <laughs> all right. So yeah, and then he, and then he talks about a thirty day digital declutter experience, essentially. So you you do thirty days where, and he talks through how you do this, um, and kind of the and how to adjust. Um, during these 30 days and kind of what to do after the 30 days. But during the 30 days, you take a break from all optional technologies in your life. So optional meaning basically anything where temporary removal would not negatively affect your personal or professional life. So removing your work email is not optional. Like that's required. So you keep that. Keeping like your phone and text messages, that's probably not optional you probably need to stay in contact with your family with whoever right um maps for me apple maps google maps is not an optional technology <laughs> i'll end up in a cornfield if i don't have that so yeah <laughs> um but 30 days of all of removing optional technologies and then seeing how you feel after 30 days and at the end of that you only bring back technology that adds value to your life essentially is and what so and after those 30 days at that point you probably have an idea for what yes you kn- was adding value and what was not. yes you 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 learn that very quickly um so it's not like it's not a 30-day break and then you just bring it all back that's not the purpose of it the purpose of it is 30 it's kind of like i like to think of it as kind of like the whole 30 food diet um for technology because the whole the purpose mm-hmm. of the whole 30 diet whole did i say whole food 30 whole the whole 30 diet the purpose is to kind of get rid of everything and then reintroduce foods to see kind of what gets along with you. That's like the purpose of it. Um, and this is kind of the same way with technology. You get rid of everything and see how you feel and only bring back what adds true value to your life. So it you okay. That was a really good experience for me. And I kind of wanna um I'll walk through my stats first. I guess that's what we'll do. <clears throat> Just to okay. see kind of how that shifted. So like I said, four, 45, four hours and 45 minutes is what I was beforehand per average per day. And my biggest app uses was YouTube. That was uh, trended about six hours a week, uh, followed by Safari, Instagram, iMessage, and then a, a SmartWad, which is a, a timer app I use for my workouts. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So those are my top five users during that period. During that time, also, my average phone pickup per day is 135. So, on average, I looked at my phone 135 times per day. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. And, like, yeah, each time you're looking, I mean, that's, I could be working, talking to somebody. Yeah. 135 times I was distracted. Yeah. Yeah. You're pulling your focus off something else and then refocusing. Who knows how much actual time that that stole from your day? Yeah. Even just looking at hours. Yeah. And you can see this, anyone with an iPhone. I think I imagine Android does something similar, but you can see all this data. This is where I got it from. So then the week I started this, my numbers shifted 
pretty significantly. Not as much as I thought they would, and there's a specific reason for that, which I'll talk about. But the the week of doing it, the first week, it dropped from 4.45 to 3 hours and 27 minutes. Okay. Um, so it dropped 27%. And my most used apps at that point was Safari, Messages, SmartWAD, the timer app, Notability. Which that probably sucked a lot of time, right? The SmartWAD app? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the third most used. Um, and then Notability and Word. So... Safari was a big user and that's where I do, um, that was mainly for the iPad. I do research for, for this podcast on right. my iPad. So that takes up a lot of that time. SmartWad, I work, I do that during workouts and then notability in word is where I take notes for this podcast. So outside of kind of honestly, like this podcast, taking notes, research, reading, and then my, um, workout app, it was just text messages. So the, the usage, the type of usage changed significantly. And then my phone pickups, it was 135. It dropped to 106. And that de- okay. declined over time. Because that first week, you just have a tendency to pick up your phone just out of habit. You're, you're always looking. Yeah. It's just like whether you feel kind of a phantom vibrate in your pocket or you just just have a desire to look at it. You pick it up a lot just because of, of a habit. But... That first week it was 106. I didn't track it the remaining three weeks, but I guarantee it dropped onwards after that. Mm-hmm. And then, so I want to talk through kind of what what I like, what apps I specifically cut out and why, because it's different okay. for everybody. Um, if you're if your job is maybe you're a social media manager, then you're not going to cut out social media. But for the vast majority of people, you're going to cut out social media completely. So. I cut out, I guess I should just talk about what I kept. The only apps I kept were basically just the ones I needed to get by. And that was messages, like my clock app, my notes app, my timer app, Safari, camera and photos. That's honestly about it. I did keep music and podcasts. So my rules for music and podcasts, because they're not, they are optional technologies, the reason I kept them is that I did allow myself to use those during the workday while I was working if I thought it would okay. help me improve productivity because okay. I work in an open workspace and it's it can get noisy. So you, you kind of blocking out sound with music or a podcast yeah, does makes increase productivity. So I kept those only for those purposes. So during if I was in the car, I would not allow myself music or podcasts. I would allow that time to sit in silence and think and reflect on the day yeah actually be in solitude for a little bit yes yeah so those are i believe the only apps that i kept during the period okay wow you really cleaned out yeah it was a great experience how do you feel now after having done it so i guess during it's important to make sure you're able to fill that time with other things so you need to plan ahead and fill that time like plan out what you're going to replace that time with because you're going to have a lot more time on your hands than you think so i picked up three books from the store and then i just dedicated more time to working out and cooking meals so i spent more time out in the garage spent more time cooking and then where i when i was not doing that i was reading and i got through two and a half books i think in 30 days oh awesome which i had when's the last time you yeah when's the last time you read a book it's embarrassing i have not read like a a book cover to cover since i mean probably six years five years which is terrible i read i mean i read articles and i'll read parts of books but i've never read a book cover to cover in like years 
and I got through two and a half and it was awesome. That's awesome. So, um, you, you're going to have a lot more time than you think. Um, and it's just like, it's hard to explain. Like you don't have a connection to anything. It's not like there's just so much clarity in your mind when you're not at like, there's, you're not going to watch Netflix. You're not going to be on your phone. You don't need to have your phone on you. You don't need to have your iPad on you. Nothing. It's just, I don't, it's, it's such a good experience. It's just, it's so you're less distracted and you can just think more. Yes. It, It really does show how much technology has like a hold on our, our thoughts. <clears throat> so it was, yeah, it was incredible after the 30 days. So you're supposed to, like I said, reintroduce only what is required or not. What was it required? What will add value to your life is what you reintroduce. So <clears throat> here's kind of a listing of, of rules I made for myself. So I brought back, I brought back YouTube but I limited the content of topics I watch on there. So I cut my subscri- subscriptions to topics that only add value or only okay. topics that I, I value deeply. And I limited the time that I can spend on that. So I wouldn't allow myself, well, now, currently, don't allow myself just to sit on the couch and watch YouTube. I, if Maybe if I'm like folding, I will allow myself to do YouTube or if I'm cooking, but never just... If I'm not doing anything, don't fill that time with YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned values. I think that's like really what it gets down to is aligning your time with your values. Yes. And I mean, that requires you to think what your values are, which requires you to step away from technology (laughs) and being distracted, being less distracted for a little bit of time, thinking what is actually important to me. And build your use of technology around that. Mm-hmm. So rather than feeling, feeling like overwhelmed, you're really uh, <clears throat> intentional about your time. And I mean, that really empowers you to be more productive. Yes. And it really does show you, um, I guess before I never viewed my phone or my iPad as a tool. I viewed it as, I don't even know. I mean, obviously an entertainment device. But now it, it really changes the way you look at it. It's like, this is a tool. I'm going to use it when I need I need something from it, something useful from it. And other than that, don't use it. Yeah, I think I think you can apply that to anything. That we have a lot of great, uh, great things available to us, but anything can be abused. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think you have to think of it as a tool. I mean, like with certain medications or foods uh relationships it's like okay this is you know uh, available to me it's a tool and it can add value but if taken advantage of it can be a detriment to yeah. my life so give me your recommendation how do you where do you start with this so like i said before i definitely start with figuring out what you're going to fill your time with um whether that's going out for walks um working out cooking doing i mean it honestly, tr- something you've always wanted to do, whether that's a hobby, an activity, now's your time to do it because you're going to have the time to do it. There's so many things in life that we say, oh, I wish I could do that. I just don't have time. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Things people want to try, do, experience, but say they don't, but they don't do it because they don't have the time. Well, you, you're going to have time. You're going to have on average three to five hours of your day back at minimum to do something new. Um, so find out what you're going to do in that time. 
and then experience it for 30 days. And uh, for me, I never was deeply attached to social media specifically. I'll, I'll, I used to have Facebook and Instagram were the two I had. I got rid of Facebook before I even started this. Just I deleted it. And then during the digital declutter, I obviously didn't use Instagram. I did bring it back with, with rules in place, but that made my first week fairly easy. I know some people struggle with it a lot more, but I didn't have a, a, right. a very strong attachment to my devices in the first place. But if it's a very hard struggle for the first seven days, two weeks, just keep keep pushing through because it it will change and it will get easier. It'll be it'll be worth it. And then at the end of the thirty days, decide what you bring back. Don't bring everything back. I recommend when you're starting this, delete the apps. Like don't. Don't just say you're not going to use it. Don't them. tell you, yeah. Don't tell yourself, oh, I'm not going to open. Yeah, it. Just, just delete, delete it. it, and that way you'll probably forget about half of them when you're reinstalling <laughs> them, and mm-hmm. only reinstall what adds value. Or maybe if it's some, if it is social media, maybe don't use it on your phone. Maybe just make the rule where, um, say Facebook, don't have it on your phone, or maybe any social media, only use it on a computer. Like if you want to check Facebook, don't keep it on your phone to check. Just check it on your computer. Um, same with like news. Um, that's another big one. It's so easy to open your phone, read the latest headlines. Odds are you don't need need to know it at that minute. So only access the news from your computer. So there's different rules you can put in place and just play around with them afterwards on what works. So I, my rules have changed kind of over time just with how what truly is going to be the best um, value add experience for me going forward. I think one of my favorite ones that I've implemented and have kept with is, um, so I did bring back YouTube. Like I said, I brought back podcasts and music. So, but the rule I set for those three, one of the rules is on Thursdays, I can't use any of those. And that means I can't use them in the car. I can't use them at home. I allow myself to listen to music at work. That's it. But I, even if I'm just like sitting there, if, if I'm cooking something or folding, I won't use YouTube. Um, my car rides are silent. It just gives me, it gives me one That's day good. of the week to reflect on. Um, and I did Thursday specifically because it gives me time to reflect on the past three days just to reflect on my interactions. My, yeah, and as you're kind of going into the weekend. Yes. Um, yeah, that's good. That's something I, I miss and that I think it's, it's hard to do unless you're intentional about it. Like you said, like set a day, not just, oh yeah, I need to, I need to stop listening. Maybe I need to have a time during the week where I think, cause you won't do it unless you no. are intentional about it. You need to set, set rules for it, follow them all the way through. Another, I guess, examples of rules you can set is limit the amount of times you open the app. So that's my Instagram. I brought back. I, but I, I limited how many times I can use it in a day. So I can only open it twice a day, go into the app. So generally I'll wow. do it when I wait, like in the morning and then before bed with my email, my personal email, my, I set, I just turned off the notifications. I used to keep those yeah, on. I did that recently and it has changed my life. Yeah. There's no, I mean, there's no, for me, I mean, some people have important stuff that come through. I, I really don't have anything important coming through. Yeah. But yeah, turning those notifications off. So those are examples of kind of rule, little rules you can implement with specific apps and write them out. Write them on a piece of paper and stick to them just going forward. It will it will open up so much time. It's definitely worth, worth a try. I suggest reading the books first. You don't have to, but 
suggest reading the book Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Or if you want to just look up, I know there's plenty of articles that kind of summarize the digital declutter. You can read that and then try it. Um, either way, it's a great experience. All right. Yeah, that's all great advice. We'll put some links in the show notes for how to access resources on digital minimalism in the book by Cal Newport. But yeah, I'm going to give it a shot and I'm looking forward to it. All right. Good talk. All right. Thanks, bro. Yep. Catch you later. later.